Today's guest is Guy Ferdman. This was one of the most fascinating interviews I've ever done to date and literally felt high as if I was in an altered state when we had this conversation. Guy has a unique ability to merge ancient wisdom with modern practicality against the backdrop of everyday life. He is the host of the acclaimed Mindset Podcast and co-founder of Satori Prime, an educational, community-based organization specializing in mindfulness, personal development, and spiritual inquiry. Guy has helped thousands of entrepreneurs in over 23 countries launch their businesses online. In this episode, we talk about how to become aware of the emotions and sensations in your body so that these uh, emotions don't negatively affect you and you can stay grounded and healthy amidst life's twists and turns. Guy shares how to stay connected to our primal roots that keep us healthy while still striving in our modern tech-oriented world. We explore altered states of consciousness with and without psychedelics and plant medicine and a lot of other topics that, in my opinion, are way ahead of their time. I had a blast talking with Guy and was so blown away with what he shared that I decided to split this interview into two episodes. So here is part one, and without further ado, today's episode. You've been doing this for a while, huh? Like I, I was scoping, you guys were doing, I don't know if you're continuing doing it. This, yeah, we are. This is uh, our second podcast. I think we're closed. This is almost 500 episodes now. 500 the episodes. When did you start podcasting? Mm, maybe six or seven years ago. We were re- oh, you guys were early. We were pretty um, hungry in the beginning. We would launch two a week. Now we're down to one a week. Yeah. I didn't find a lot of uh, uptake with two a week. Yeah. Um, but it, it's changed over the years. It started with uh, doing podcasts that was actually summarizing books or podcasts or different uh, interesting talks mm-hmm. just so they wouldn't be long. Yeah. Because uh, there was like, so many long podcasts and usually it's like a few minutes of gems. Yep. Um, but it kind of Transgressed, and now it's become like interviews and long podcasts. So it's become everything that we thought we weren't in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's cool. It's just yeah. kind of like see it's how organic. it flows and yeah. takes shape. No doubt. Speaking of that, dude, I was listening to uh, an interview with you today, and like you said this one thing, and it like totally popped out at me. <laughs> it was um, something to the effect of we spend so much time trying to feel better when in reality we should be getting focusing on getting better at feeling. Yes. Can you explain like what you mean exactly by that? Sure. Yeah, that's become a kind of like a staple of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of my own personal philosophy, I, I started doing personal development in 2003. So I was 19 years old. I was really depressed for about seven years, maybe longer. Depression is kind of like a, a silent assassin that mm-hmm. oftentimes you don't even realize you have. And I realized um, from my work the last few years that... I had been doing personal development and mindfulness work all this time to just get make myself feel better. I'm like, who doesn't want to spend more time and joy and laughter and all these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I wasn't comfortable feeling uh, like different parts within me. So um, the last three years has been a lot less mind type work, less of understanding, less trying to figure out psychology phenomenology of the mind and really just understanding how awareness works and how do we can go like into the body and feel so um because of that it's uh become clear that i would it's like so much of our work and anything that we do is achievement based and the moment it stops being achievement based you can um kind of like free yourself to put awareness where you want versus where society has told you to put it. Hmm. So this has become like a a mission of telling people if you stop chasing trying to feel better and you just get better at feeling, meaning 
instead of trying to escape humanity or being human, like fall in love with being human. That means fall in love with being all of human, even the parts that you were told that you're not supposed to feel or you're not supposed to experience. And if you can get all that, then presence becomes the thing that you're actually after versus feeling better. So if like, yeah, I don't know, like if anything is happening in your life that you're not appreciating, but suddenly you have the ability to feel it, you're not afraid to feel it, then you're present. And I have actually found that that actually brings more joy into my life because now whether I'm uh, at my peak state where I'm just like flying and I'm creating and I'm doing all this cool ass shit or I'm upset, uh, I kind of see them both the same way. Mm -hmm. So just like that's kind of the philosophy behind that. Yeah. I mean, it resonates with me and it's kind of like paradoxical because like I'm super into cold plunging and and part of why I love it is because if I am feeling off, like I remember this day after this girl ended things with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just felt that like in my gut and I was like, Oh, like it just hurt. And then I remember cold plunging and I, I remember thinking like, wow, this feels so good. And I was trying to understand why. And it was almost like the pain of the cold plunge, like brought up that feeling and right. I felt it. And then I started feeling better, which is ironic. It's like, if you commit to just actually feeling it and like being present with that, then it actually goes away. And then you're like, wait, I do feel better, but it's not like trying to feel better. It's just like, feeling at what's in your body yeah and i think cold plunge is actually a really good example like so many people look at that as like a physical thing that's removing inflammation and yeah it does all of that but a cold plunge also forces you into your body instantaneously it's very meditative so for anybody who's done it or hasn't done it your first cold plunge is will kick your ass yeah but as you get better at it you can kind of like sit almost in your core it's almost like you have to put your awareness into your body and and if you're if you get good at cold plunging not that again i want to make it achievement based (laughs) but if you get good at cold plunging i have found that it's um less about trying to survive the moment and more about starting to feel the sensation in the body, right? You get like so in tune with the sensation of the body. So if you can separate just, I'm just feeling sensation from searing, cold, hot, right? Which is where the suffering begins. Here you are super present inside your body. And of course, if you're experiencing something within like pain uh, or anything like that, and you actually force the attention in, then like you said, there's like a healing effect. So it kind of like rounds the conversation that we're having which is when we pay attention to sensation in the body, which if you've ever said, um, I highly recommend it for anybody, um, go into Vipassana, mm-hmm. like a 10 day silent meditation. Yeah. Very, very powerful. And, and that's really the practice is like noticing sensation without adding anything to it. It's just like, I'm just noticing sensation. Here they come, here they go, here they are again, here they go. Um, but what I've seen is like, look, you get a cut on your finger or you break a leg uh, or a woman gets pregnant. You're not sitting there telling the body what to do. You don't have opinions about it. Yeah, you might not likely have a cut, but you're like, you trust the body that there's some kind of intelligence, let's call it a divine intelligence, mm-hmm. that takes care of these things for you, yep. right? And same thing with like an embryo or, or what have you. Yet when it comes to situations in our lives, we have nothing but opinions. And instead of a divine intelligence, which is trying to guide the body, trying to guide your life, uh, we're just filled with opinion and we just have all this stuff to say what it should be, what it shouldn't be. And we're not actually here. Where we are all the time is here. So, you know, this practice of not trying to make yourself feel better, but just get better at feeling life, get better at feeling you, get better at feeling other people, get, go outside and feel nature. Um, like you said, that you're basically saying, I'm going to trust the divine intelligence within me 
to take care of alignment, whatever that looks like now. And sometimes that doesn't mean that everything is going hunky-dory. Sometimes that means things are falling apart, but that doesn't mean you're out of alignment. It mm -hmm. just means like things are no longer in alignment, like a relationship or maybe finances or other things need to go away in order to pop you up into like a different alignment. Yeah, it's an interesting concept of like, because in, the initial reaction is like, I want to go outside. I want to fix this outside. Mm -hmm. But it's like you said, like the divine intelligence is already within you. But I think it's like there's that desire when you're in that moment. You're like, I want to find an answer. And it's like that stillness inside. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's fucking hard. Like it is. It's yeah. like it's, it almost feels like we're our natural programming is like trying to divert you away or maybe there's just the culture and society we live in today but it's like everything's yeah. out and it's like but it's actually in here i'm sure it's both a, a nature and nurture but like you know why do you presume that every animal on the planet knows their place but we don't i mean just like you know whatever whatever comes to mind like what, what comes to mind for you about why why are animals so clear and we're so fuzzy when we seem to be the most intelligent animal on the planet that is well intelligent right what does intelligent mean yeah like i think we have a way our brain works where we can like overthink things whereas it's almost like animals it's so primal that they don't have that part of their brain where they're like how are you feeling today it's just like sure. i'm hungry i want to fuck you i want to whatever <laughs> you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's just pure like mate eat drink protect period yeah but why is it do you think then that we don't have that part still because even if we had intelligence that mm -hmm. could uh shoot out right and look at the high level view of what's going on you would yeah. think that the innate part the part that knows our role uh so I, I, anyway like for me it's like it's got to be one of two things mm -hmm. either we're not from this planet <laughs> yeah which seems very likely to me um especially if you even look at the science and certain gaps uh in our evolution that we don't quite understand why they're there and don't make sense interesting um there's a whole conversation we could have but we should, probably shouldn't about <laughs> yeah. about palladians you just opened up yeah. a huge uh hole in my head yeah i mean yeah. why that and, I, and i'm saying that because it's not that far-fetched i yeah, mean yeah. you look where we are right now as far as what we know and mm. in the last 20 years we've learned about a great deal about genetics and the moment we learn about genetics, we're not like, oh, that's cool. Leave it alone. It's like, okay, how do we clone? Yeah. How do we manipulate? How do we change things? GMO, right? Like this is just the beginning of um, right now there's CRISPR, which is basically for like a small amount of money. You can go and fuck with genetics of anything. And it's made uh, genetics so accessible that it's scary because it's moving in, in such a fast pace that we actually don't know what the hell we're no, doing. No, like the replication. Yeah, it's, like it's, it. it's too too fast. So if anybody doesn't know about CRISPR, um, I actually just read that there's a cool Netflix documentary hmm. that they put out recently to basically like warn people like this is moving What's really coming? fast yeah. and we should probably take a look wow. and may have some conversations. Um, so that's number one. Or number two or it's both, that we've lost some kind of connection within ourselves, which I think is also more or just as likely, um, that we no longer put attention on the body mm -hmm. and that we are being uh, highly influenced by consumerism and other things like this, but not just consumerism, um, but basically saying, to, like, life has been programmed to make you believe right now that who you are is not enough. So you need this fucking thing over here, yeah. right, to make you enough, um, but we've tested that out for about a hundred years too. And that turns out to just make everyone feel worse and yeah. to bring more disease on our planet. So we, we have seemed to move away from some of the indigenous, like old school culture stuff yeah. that actually really worked and helped our culture and our people and our society survive for millions of years. And suddenly in the last 200 years, we've like made a hard right turn yeah. and all we see is like destruction, disease, you know, uh, murder, homicide, and at, at levels we've never seen before. 
So, I mean, it, it's just interesting. I, 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 I invest a lot of my time looking at how do we uh, both live in a modern way, but kind of like connect back to some of these old, old things. Yeah, it's funny because I think about that dance too, where like I think the older that I'm getting um, and growing up in this world of like social and, and it's all mind, but I'm also realizing how important the body is. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I've spent, I've spent time living in like a, an indigenous or not an indigenous, it was like a spiritual community on an island in Nicaragua for two weeks where wow. I learned about meditation. And I was like 18. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It was super out there, but it, like meditation every morning, eating all, and it was breath work. I got learned breath work for the first time. And it was like this kind of primal, we're going back to the roots. And I was like, this is so fulfilling and simple, which is such a, stark contrast to where I grew up where it's like you're gonna go here you're gonna go here you're gonna work here you're gonna get this job you're gonna not stop then you like get these things and then you're supposed to like get a feeling after you get this thing which is like makes no sense because there's never like an arrival but at the same time I think there is something with you know our like you were saying about humans like we do have this ability to think differently and I think there's also a joy and fulfillment in that but it's like not going too far to the side where you're losing touch with like that animal primal part that like connects us to everything. I, I agree. I mean, I could tell you coming out of a 10 day like style of meditation. Yeah, when did you do that? I did that maybe like f- five years ago now. Years? Was it yeah. One, uh, have you done more than one or? I've only done one. I wish I would have done more. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that it's like when you hear about it, almost everyone says yes to it. But the response of the body for some reason when you sign up for it is so alarming <laughs> because you're you've never done something like that before yeah in essence it feels like you're putting yourself in prison well yeah it's yeah. funny i always thought i'm like oh i'm fully gonna do and i'm still gonna do it yeah but i i didn't have any fear and then i heard tim ferris talk about how miserable his was and i was like oh shit this yeah. is a lot gnarlier than i i think get on the website and try to sign up like see what happens to your body as you sign up for this experience because i knew about it for almost 13 years before i signed up for it. a friend wow. of mine had done it in india like raved about it had sat a few times and um, we had done a lot of like landmark education together and I was always like landmark landmark and no matter how long he was in landmark and how much I saw him enjoying it he goes yeah but it's not Vipassana and I'm like okay and I respect him you know like one of the people I respect most on planet earth and I had a very blissful experience like I've really enjoyed my time there really? uh, did you hit like a resistance point though in the beginning maybe like the morning of day one when I had realized what I had done but I, I didn't go in with like a back door. Like I never go in with a back door, yeah. meaning like I don't go into experiences thinking, oh, if I don't like it, I'll leave. Because I know there's an intention and a design to things. And it's like, if you don't see it through, you're never going to see the design or the intention. So for me, it's like whether I liked it or not didn't really matter to me. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a healthy way of looking at it. Like who cares if I like it? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people judge their experiences on, oh, I like it, I don't like it. Honestly, yeah. I'm like, who cares? It's an experience, right? Some you like, some you don't. Um, and day one, I woke up and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm in prison. And where were you? I did it here up in um, uh, Joshua Tree, okay. I think. Yeah, um, up in Twenty Nine Palms, and it's it's dry and it's arid out there. But you're really isolated. And I'll tell you, the, here's the reality: like I do really well without people around. <laughs> like, yeah, I do really well. Um, I I I can come off very extroverted. Um, but like deep inside, I I feel very at home in my own mm. space. Um, so for me, and also with the business I'm in, I'm. I'm at, at uh, I just want to say this in, in the right way. Uh, people have my time a lot mm-hmm. and ask a lot of questions of me. So a lot of my energy goes out to oh, okay. other people, which is, which is wonderful. I love that. And there are 
points where you hit and I've had to learn how to, you know, kind of manage that energy much better. So when I went there, I wasn't managing that energy well and 10 days away from everybody was like peace on earth for me. Uh I also had a really uh, radical experience that I've shared um, like in, in different mediums. And uh, like a true awakening experience. And I mean, like on par with ayahuasca or other experiences like that, where I uh, got, I don't want to say control, but got in tune with things in my body that are very much of what we're talking about. Yeah. That started revealing um, like cosmic information to me. Because you got to realize like what's happening above really is happening below. So Mm. it's like the reason the ancients didn't need to have science and telescopes and all those things is because they, they intimately knew their body. And if you intimately, intimately know your body and it senses energy from our planet, you get all the data you need. It's exactly how it works everywhere. So I started having these really radical experiences. Um, I mean, so much to the tune that I, I was healing things within my body by choice. Like during things, the Evisposana. Yeah. Like things that, like I had like back injuries and stuff like that. I, I actually found the thread to different things that were injuries in my body and I could just, just feel them and I was just untangling them in my brain no and way. like, and just like healing in real time. I have videos where you can see me like I'm, I'm not a very flexible person and suddenly I'm bending over and touching my head to my knees and it's all done via control in, in the head. Wow. So, um, if you've ever done like LSD or anything like that, or you know, you're something yeah. like, more, you're like, Oh, I want to be more flexible. And it's like the body well, it yeah. just is right. Like Dr. Yeah. Andrew Wilde talks about how he had an LSD experience. He was allergic to cats. And then for whatever reason, a cat goes on his lap and he's like, I was done. No being problem. Allergic to cats. Yeah. Which, which, what is that? Like how, cause like, I guess someone's listening is like, I'm going to do like a mushroom ceremony yeah. with the intention of like healing everything. But on some level, don't you think you can't put an expectation on the thing? Yeah, I do think that, uh, I think the body has its own intelligence, which is a lot what we're, we're saying here. Like the mind, again, going back to some of the, you know, we're, we're expanding very quick, but like um, your mind has all these ideas that were put in it, not because you put them in there, because they've been put in there from society and consumerism and marketing and all sorts of stuff like that. For example, um, I'm, a, I'm a recent new father, and when my wife got pregnant, you start getting anxiety in your system. And the reason you're getting anxiety is not because I was afraid to have a baby or that I didn't love my wife or thought that was in a wrong relationship. None of those things. In fact, I was sure of all those things. But the idea of being in the delivery room was causing anxiety for me. Why? Okay, so I started like really tuning in. Mm -hmm. Well, what's every image you've ever seen of a pregnant woman ever in your entire life? It comes from all these fucking movies that you've seen and what does every movie show you it shows you the same imagery yeah she's screaming sweating in pain yep uh you're rushing in the car you're going through all the red lights she's fucking crushing your hand and men passing out in the emergency room right so it's like those are the images you have from movies that dramatize that that situation in order to make you think that's a specific way, but that's all the information you have. So you have all this cognitive dissonance in this area and in every area of your life about the way things are. So I kind of noted that. And the first time I watched a woman have a natural birth, cause I was like, okay, I need some new images in my head. I bawled my eyes out. Couldn't stop crying. Wow. Thought, thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Really? And I how expect- did you, how did you like have that? Cause like, Hey, can I watch your baby? That, well, there's all documentaries oh, on, gotcha, like, gotcha. on like a natural births and oh, you weren't in person. Yeah. 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 Not gotcha. yeah, No, <laughs> I was like, I, I, fully, <laughs> dude, I fully thought, funny. I fully thought you were like, Hey, can I like come? Well, that could like, be I, the next I know step. you, right. And you're like a seeker. You're like, I want to sure, it. sure, sure. I fully would have believed that. Yeah. That would have been funny. Right. If there's like a place you go, Hey, can I just watch that baby come out of you? Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't think I would have had enough balls to ask a pregnant woman for that. But I, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Thought I could be family. Yeah, that, that's pretty funny. Though. I would like, hope. Talk about a service. We need an app for that. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I just wanted some other images. And when I started seeing that, especially natural birth versus a delivery room birth, I immediately saw the reason why um, I, don't know, I made conjectures about why certain things happen even in society about how women feel about their babies, how babies feel in general about safety of the planet and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, I get it. Medical science has done incredible things. More women and children are living than ever because of it. Yeah. And like everything else, there's a trade off. Um, so we did like a natural live birth at our house. Like we'd had our baby wow. on our bed. Um, and, and because of that. but anyway, that's my point is like, so there's all these uh, areas of our life that we haven't truly investigated because we think we know how they are, but it's not you that has thought that it's like society has given you that's this cultural cool. belief. Um, there's this really great book called uh, culture code that I read years back that kind of describes this phenomenon. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that that's going on in a lot of ways. And, and so back to Vipassana, it's like when I left there, I shit you not, like I was walking by, by a tree and I could tell you what it was thinking. Like that sensitivity. Wow. Or, and maybe not like in thought, but I'm like, I can tell. In the, the intelligence. Yeah, like the, the feeling of this entity being. And I could distinguish between whether it was in joy, whether it had something to say, whether it was sending information yeah. elsewhere, like a deep, deep connection with our planet. And, and that honestly dissipated within a matter of days like all these hyper superpowers like i for me like energy was almost a solid object at that point in time wow i could feel it i could manipulate it like if i wanted to wear a cape i could feel like i had a cape on it was and do super you think fun. that's because there were no external thoughts that were coming through like because you were in complete solitude like the only thing that could come through at some point was just like that one channel Essentially, I think certainly a, a part of it, um, a lot of it was just no distraction. Mm -hmm. uh, and even uh, like think about right now, me and you, right? It's like uh, holding eye contact. There's a part in your brain that's managing that. Okay. Huh. So it's like, like hold eye contact. If I look away, then there's part of my brain going, oh, you're looking away. Right. So there's this like dialogue that's like nonstop. Um, and then over there, you can't look at people like you're asked not to look at them oh, gotcha. or gesture at them. So it's like no conversation because this is conversation too. If I tell you, hey come on in or hey, this way, right? So what I noticed right away was I would hold doors for people, but I wasn't looking at them. Mm -hmm. But when you don't look and there's no conversation, then there's no expectation. So if I hold the door out in the real world, in the real world, and you don't say thank you, you're like, what the heck? There's a part of my brain that goes, fuck you, yeah. right? Like, what the hell? Like, I just did something nice for you. An immediate expectation, ego, right away, wants something in return and reciprocity for doing something in the world for somebody else, which kills con connection right away. Yeah. So there's all these like micro judgments that we can't help because it's just a natural phenomenon of being ego and being out in the world. And then suddenly you're in this environment where like all that's taken away mm -hmm. and they have certain structural rules about like no taking life. That means like don't even kill an insect, um, things like that, that we don't notice the impact mm -hmm. that is having all the time. So it's like, you're constantly making these little choices all day long that are disconnecting you from the all let's say. But when you, leave awareness in the body for long periods of time. I think that's where the connection came from. And um, it's like you start having such a vast intelligence and awareness within you to such a high level that you can start, like I, it, basically it was like I could put my attention on my knee and then find my knee in my brain. Like it was like very obvious. I just, mm. I had like a sensation in my brain that I was like, oh, when I put my attention on my knee, it's here. When I put my attention on my mom, it's here. And I don't know how, but like somewhere in there, whether it's like past life stuff that started coming through, it was very natural for me. I didn't have to think about what I was doing. It just kind of happened on its own. Mm -hmm. I started like yanking on things in my brain, if you want to call it that. It felt like ropes. Wow. And I was pulling them out. And when I started pulling stuff out, I had like knots in my back and the knot just instantaneously went away. 
just like that. So I started like healing my body. I was removing inflammation. I was literally touching my body and, and feeling it get smaller. Right? Yeah, and, it was amazing. And so like, how do you, like you had that experience, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I would imagine, cause like for me, I've had a couple experiences, not quite like that, yep. but specifically through like plant medicine and psychedelics sure. for me gave me that first like, I think I, looking back, I'm like, oh, I had glimpses of this awareness, but the psychedelics were just like, holy wow, there's a whole greater intelligence yeah. here at play. And that was like, and so something I'm always sitting with is like, how can I get back into that state? Because the awareness is so profound and it's such this like, you know, it's like there's these levels of like pleasure. It's like, you know, um, speaking on stage sure. and like having sex. And then there's like this higher level though. I, I, like I've had this twice where I was meditating on psychedelics and it was, I was like, oh, here's where I went. Here's how I came. That's where I'm going when I die. Right. It was so blissful. And that was higher than any like physical sensation. But then my question becomes, how do you like access that in our like, or is that even possible? Like in your day to day, like how do you think about all that? Cause you've achieved these like states or that awareness. Yeah. So again, right. Scary word. We start talking about achievement and yeah. then you start getting, you start noticing that there's these attachments that come to it. Like wanting. That yeah. More, it's like, yeah. Oh, this wanting. And, I, and I've done a lot, you know, I've done uh, maybe 60 or 70 sits with ayahuasca, um, certainly equal or, or many more with mushrooms and, um, LSD, not so much, but, um, you know, have, have played in the field quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I really don't want to burst anybody's bubble because this has become very popularized now. And, and I think it's a wonderful tool, but something I've had to like really, um, get honest with myself about is, is some of that chase, mm -hmm. right? Because I, glimpse is a really good word. Yeah. Glimpse is a very good word. I think across all fields of everything that we do, because a lot of times you get, uh, like you'll meet a, a beautiful woman and you have like a really strong connection and you see love and connection in a really profound way. You shut down the bar, you, you know, you eat together and you'd like forget about 12 hours of time. It just like lapses. And those are some of the most profound experiences of my life, to yeah. be honest, like those sporadic, like really beautiful connections, you know? And then you're like, well, I want the next day to be that way. But like you got this glimpse of a frequency that's planted a seed within you to let you know that something is possible that you just didn't know was possible before. I think it's a really beautiful thing about being human is like these uh, ability to enter to altered states. I think it would be remiss for us to think that animals aren't doing that too, by the way, probably mm. more regularly than we are that they like a, try to sneak up on a cat and you'll figure out real quick that that thing is living in all sorts of dimensions and alternate realities that we're not. Um, but like the, the point of here is that, we got to watch at every level of consciousness. And by the way, consciousness is really well mapped out. If you study like Ken Wilber, spiral dynamics, like they know how consciousness works. It's not that big of a mystery. The rest of us are out here like dumb monkeys trying to like figure out and grasp at all these straws. But like the reality is we have like really good maps that get you to super high levels of consciousness. And there are processes that get you there and have done that for thousands of years. Yeah. So it's like the rest of us are like chasing and trying to do this new age shit. And I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, medicine will push you to those states so fast and so radically alter your point of view, which I think that's the beauty of it. But what we got to be mindful of is even in those states, there's distortion fucking everywhere. I don't care what level of consciousness you're at. There's distortion at that level. And if you are not present and mindful, and I would even offer to say have reflection from people who have gone through those states, through the distortion, and now can see them cleanly then chances are you're getting distorted. So when I did those meditations, certain powers came online. And by the way, we all have these powers. These are not superpowers. They are human powers. Mm -hmm. um, and we all have them. And it's just a matter of awareness where you're keeping it and how you're using your attention, stuff like this. Um, but I could tell you that I came out of there and I was like, oh shit, 
this is fucking cool. Like I was always a big Wolverine fan yeah. and suddenly I'm healing my own body. I'm like putting these claws on myself and I can <laughs> yeah. like literally feel claws on myself and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm becoming Wolverine. So I walk out of there thinking like, this is my new normal. Like I've turned something on, boom, gifts. Thank yeah. you, Jesus, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but then like three days later, the drop off in skill level was so immediate and fast that it, it, it scared the shit out of me. Because I was sure that this is like this new plane that I get to live at. Because I was like the way I was connected to people. I could see the joy I was bringing out of people just by my presence. It was, it was wild. Like people were just like laughing around me. They didn't know why. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm doing that. That's cool. <laughs> but, you know, so all these parts start getting attached to it because the ego is so strong. It yeah. wants an, oh, I'm special. Like all this stuff, right? And so we started this whole conversation with achievement. And it's like, it's like I, I felt like I had achieved something. And then it got taken away from me and I had to deal with the sadness that came that that wasn't going to stick around unless I decided to meditate about 10 hours a day. Yeah. So, okay. That thing. Yeah. Right. Which, which was, which was impractical. So I was like, okay, I'll do four hours a day. And I did for a while, but four was, hours a day. Meditation. I did. Yeah, did I you doing, break that or did you? I was doing two, two, two in the morning, two in the night. Wow. Um, for like maybe the first week or something like that. Then I dropped, I was like, okay, that's not keeping it around. Yeah. So because yeah. did you stop that because of just like only amount of hours in a day or was it more like you're like yeah, say. yeah I, I don't know I, I think there was like um it, it was like any other drug it was like if i'm gonna meditate and it's gonna be in an order two then i shouldn't be meditating mm, and it just like yeah. you, you said it's like you can't you can have any uh commitment you want uh before you go into a ceremony or something like that but the body again it has, it has it's, it's divine intelligence and it has its own timing the mind because of all this other stuff we're talking about is like it's in immediacy like we we've scaled it down it was a few years ago people had 12 seconds of attention span now it's done like eight seconds of attention span soon it's going to be like four seconds of attention span and it's like these like quick hits of like dopamine that we're trying to get over and over and over again so the mind is like i want it now but the body's like i don't work that way yeah i, I i'm infinite i have infinite patience so it's like I'll tell you what I'm ready for right now. And I think the more we get awareness within the system and we trust the body. And then so it's like, okay, I want to heal that trauma. Well, the body might not be ready to do that. You might need to do years worth of mindfulness and attention within the system until the body feels safe enough to release a particular trauma that happened to it 30 years ago because it's so deeply strewn into the fascia. And you you just got to trust that. That's really interesting because I've noticed to typically in an altered state i'm like whoa like it's it's i even remember it so clearly that i don't i i I lost touch of like what exactly came through but Mm -hmm. it's like i have this faint remember like i've always been tight in my hips sure and i remember being like whoa like i i could understand in some way why the tightness was there Mm. but i also couldn't release it in the moment and the same thing is like i I've had this like little patch of skin here that's like itchy my whole life. Okay. I was even born with something where like when the sun breaks out, it like breaks out in this rash like every few years. Interesting. And and under these states, I like at least this is my perception of it is that it's me like it's like this pressure that I put on myself of caring what other people think. Sure. And then it manifests in these skin things, which can be frustrating after because I'm like, I don't care. Like why? I'm like, I don't care what anyone thinks. Why is this thing coming on? Mm. But it's only in that state I have this like very like tapped in connection to like understanding it. But then to your point, it's like, maybe it's not quite ready to release. Like there's also some sort of understanding there. I'm like, Oh, it's happening in it's right timing, which is like beautiful in that moment. You're like, Oh, it's in timing. Then next day you're like, fuck, why? What do you mean? Yeah. You know? Well, could you honestly say that you don't care what people think? 
No. Yeah. And you're, you're how old now? It's your birthday today, isn't it? Uh, two days ago, yeah. Two days 23. ago. Well, happy birthday. Thanks. Bro. 23. So, I mean, I'm here doing this interview, say, said yes to it, not mm-hmm. because I think you can promote me well, mm-hmm. but because when I had a conversation with you, you have a spark of genius inside of you that I haven't seen, and you could smile about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Full yeah, of, like, yeah. Blushing yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's great. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, that's an yeah. interesting thing to notice about us. Like somebody yeah. gives us a compliment, we want to smile, You're and like, there's yeah. a protector like, that keeps don't, the, don't show There's it. a protector that keeps the lips down. I do, the, I do that too. Yeah. It's like, oh, because why? Because society said humbleness is good. Mm-hmm. And, and to degree, that's true, but it's like when we can't receive support we can't receive love that's like that's like there's something in here right that gets tight that's like i'm not that good yeah if you really knew me if you really knew who i was you would never yeah. say that shit to me there's like that i such a deep identity and it does all these things so it's like even that is like protecting you right so it's like <clears throat> it's all these crazy protection not crazy but they were they were appropriate in the moment when something happened so maybe like this is like yeah. you didn't want you didn't want people to look at you yeah because you were you were, you were feeling judged by everybody, right? So it's like, you're looking at everyone like, oh, fuck, everyone's looking at me and judging me. And the face is like, okay, well, you don't want to get looked at. Like, I'll do this thing. So you have to look down or so that you feel ugly or who the hell knows why. But it could be like a response of, don't look at me, right? Whoa, that is interesting. Something like that. So it's like, it, so what that may point to, and again, I'm, this is complete conjecture, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but whatever, it feels true, it feels true. Uh, I just never thought about yeah, it. In that right? Way, yeah, right. So, again, like the physical body replicates spiritual and emotional sp- states. Like, if your knee hurts, it's like you're most likely scared to walk into something right now, like, like walk into your future. If your neck hurts, it's like an inflexibility to look another direction. So, it's like, I only want my point of view. That's why people's necks hurt all the time. <clears throat> Different things like that, right? So, it's all in alignment. It's very, very obvious once you start like looking at these pieces. Um, so, it's like, you know, you might walk out. And even think about like the way that you hold your stomach. I know I sure do, right? Like I want the flat stomach. I want the six pack. And I might walk out and see somebody looking at me funny. I'm like, oh shit, my stomach must be looking fucking fat today or something like that. So that, then I get a sensation in my body. And for me, it's like the mind is not seeing reality. It's seeing the interpretation of the sensations that I'm feeling in my body. Say that one more time. Yeah, so it's not seeing reality because that we pretty much know, right? Like we're all fucking hallucinating like schizophrenics out here. Yeah. But what's really happening is your body is the first first informant that you have. Mm-hmm. Right? Even scientifically speaking, for, for every nine signals that your stomach sends up to your brain, your brain sends one down. Wow. So it means you're getting nine times more information from your gut. And everyone today knows for the most part that like gut is gut bacteria, gut biome is so important. That is the understatement of the century because it's actually informing your brain. Yeah. And then your brain's like, okay, hi, let me do something about that. So we're not, we're not perceiving life from here. We're actually perceiving life from here. Mm-hmm. So think about this. We're not even present in our body at all. We're like not even in there. And yet it's the one that's informing the brain. So it's like it's sending signals up and the brain is not seeing. It's interpreting the sensations that the body is feeling. Yeah. So if you think about like sadness, joy, whatever, it doesn't start up here. It starts with something in here. Hmm. When I'm feeling sad or I'm angry, it's like, you know, you have that pressure that starts building up in the body and you go, I can manage this. I won't let that out. And then the next thing happens because it starts the pattern, right? Now you're in this automated pattern. And now you got this lens on because the moment the pattern starts, you get a view of the world and it needs to inform itself in order for it to be true. So if I'm angry, I got to find more shit to be angry about. So here's the sensation and the mind's like interpreting and you think I can handle it. But if you would just go inside the body when you it started and you had enough awareness to feel that subtle sensation in the body, then you would actually allow for the energy to metabolize through and it wouldn't grow into the things that people normally grow into. 
Interesting. It's so funny you talk yeah. about the anger thing because I just read that uh, in Joe Dispenza's book, yeah. Becoming Supernatural, the part where like the reason why when people are angry, like I'm so angry and then you just keep looking for ways to be angry because you're not, you get in that cycle and your brain is literally looking for ways to like reinforce that. Sure. But, but what I heard you say, which is super interesting to me is the second now I'm like noticing, oh, sadness, anger. And like I'm, my, the story is starting to be created in my head of like, oh, well, this is why I'm angry. It's like, wait a second, feel like just tune into that feeling first. Before being like trying to find the reason why, just like wait. That's right. And even now, like, so I can actually track energy in your body. That one breath, that one intention to be in here relaxes the whole system right away. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter what we talk about. If I start talking about anger, your body starts responding to anger. If I start talking about joy, your body starts responding to joy. If I ask you, when's the last time you were angry? Everything that happened, when you got angry last time, the physiology of it begins in your body. It's like, because mm-hmm. it, it's like the awareness goes there and it starts the process in the body. So... Um, to like simplify the whole idea behind this is that our body, if you look at it, it's a metabolic machine. All we do is take an energy. We mm-hmm. take an energy, we move energy, right? So it's like, even if you're eating food, anything, any type of food on the planet, meat, vegetables, whatever, it's all sunlight energy. Cause if you're eating an animal, it ate grass and that was sunlight energy that grew that. So it's like, we're basically running off sunlight energy, metabolic, metabolically taking in energy. Now, if you eat food and the food doesn't metabolize properly, let's say you're constipated, you're going to be feel some stress in your body, right? Like disease, as, as they say in the spiritual community, a lack of ease, right? A lack of ease. And, and if it stays long enough, you're going to have medical problems and all sorts of shit happen to you, right? So if you think about um, energy, never can, can't be destroyed, can't be created. It's everywhere and all around us. And we're constantly moving through it and being impacted by it. Walking outside, my stomach's not okay. Okay, there's energy to that, right? That's not just a thought. There's an energy pattern. Then the energy there it goes in my body and it's doing something right and if it doesn't metabolize that's just like the food not metabolizing hmm. now the way energy for me i've learned metabolizes is when it feels safe to do that now how do we feel safe so we have to go back to how did we feel safe when we were kids like we we want to start modeling the way that kids act basically when we become adults Right. So if you think about a temper tantrum, like everyone's like, fuck these temper tantrums. But the kid is having energy surge in his, in his body, anxiety, stress, overwhelm. And it's like, ah! it's all out. Boom. Back to a neutral state. Hmm. Yeah. Adults are like anxious, stressed, overwhelmed. <gasps> Hold it all inside. <sighs> down. And then we just and we live with it. <laughs> right. So we, it, never, it never comes out. So it doesn't metabolize now because it doesn't metabolize. Stress stays in the body. Hmm. Fascia like hips. They say it's like where emotions uh, are stored for men oftentimes. So it's like most men are super inflexible on their hips, right? It's like all the glutes get super, super tight, stuff like this. So again, if we put a tension in there, what we're we're basically doing is like when a little kid's upset, they run to mommy and daddy. And they do that because their nervous system is not set up yet. It's not organized. It's not, you know, it's not prepared yet. So they're basically leveraging mom and dad's nervous system to help them relax. Mm -hmm. Now, what we're supposed to learn is how to manage our own nervous system, right? So it's like, what's the healthy way to manage nervous system? But most of us have not learned that at all. We have emotions and we're scared of them. We have thoughts and we're scared of them. And all this gets stuck in the body. So if we put attention back in the body, what we start creating is a relationship between like your inner child what's like you know more um, commonly called like your inner child and your adult self and when your adult self can meet your inner child the way that a mother or father meets their child when they're attuned they're not like hey what's wrong and how do we fix it they're like oh come here sweetheart let me just hug you 
we don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. We just have to give it's them feeling, that, yeah. give them that safety feeling. And then the nervous, nervous system relaxes, boom, metabolizes the energy. And then it's like, boom, back to a neutral state. So we want to learn, at least my contention is, we want to learn how to become the parent that we thought we were supposed to have. Right? Like everybody has the idealized image of their parent. And, and what your, the idealized image of your parent that you have is a parent that would have been attuned to you energetically. Right. It's like because mom and dad, a lot of like I had a great parents. They showed up. They were there. They did all the things that they were told to do. And I still had depression and did all those things. Why? Because there were moments in my life where my parents were completely not energetically attuned to me. So I have all these ideas about how that could have been different. Well, if I have those ideas, that means that that's the parent that I get to become for me. Yeah. So if I can be the idealized adult when I'm upset to myself instead of Fuck, change that, don't be that way, blah, 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 all the things that we say to ourselves about the states that we think we're supposed to be in, and instead just meet myself with like, oh, sweetheart, like that energy. Oh, sweetheart, like what's wrong? Okay, I see you're upset. And then like hold that tension on the part, the part relaxes. Nervous system calms down and the energy releases. Now, what happens to me is like that energy is always connected to the mind. There's always these protectors, right? That are managing this, like these automated patterns that we have. And these patterns are things that you did when you were a kid that were like strategies for survival. But when something worked, like you met a bully, maybe punching him in the face didn't work. So then you were like nice to the bully or, and then maybe that didn't work. So then you like organize a group of friends to hang around you when the bully was around and that worked. Yeah. So you're like, oh, good strategy. I need to become charming. So then you always are that person who has social, can't be alone. That's right. Like that's safety. That's right. And, and safety. But then the moment you're alone, <gasps> the bully's coming. Yeah. The brain starts working like the bully's coming and you don't, and you never feel safe. So then like being in the world sucks. And then going to Vipassana is not a pleasant experience. It's a fucking scary one, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's like, it, again, it dep- it's not anybody's bad or wrong. It's a system is just organized in different ways, depending on how you survive life. So those strategies will ultimately become these patterns, these automated patterns, but the patterns tied to something in the body, like a feeling in the body, a sensation in the body that the mind keeps trying to protect you from. But if you can feel it through and then that sensation becomes safe to feel, the protector is no longer needed. There goes the pattern. (sighs) Yeah. You just don't need it anymore. So the protector will hang out and also be there if in times of need, but it just won't show up every time the sensation is there and then you're free, you're liberated. Yeah. I mean, it's to me in my mind, just racing of like, you know, I think that I would say I'm a pretty like aware person and especially like looking outward. But I think the, the challenge or opportunity you could say is like, okay, what, what are the things that I'm doing? Because of some point in my childhood, I built up some sort of safety mechanism. So that's how, but it's like that. And of course there's, I'm sure a lot of different ways where I can like get a glimpse into that pattern be like, Oh, that's why I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I live under the assumption that 99% 99% of all my actions are in automation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah. subconscious mind, they say, what, it's like 95% yeah. running the show? Yeah, I mean, you know, and for anybody who's like, what the fuck are these two talking about? Uh, we've all been in the car at some point in time. You look down at the radio or you kind of check out, you know, consciously. And then next thing you know, you're in your driveway and you have no idea how you got there. And you look up and you think you're lucky stars that you ended up home safe. That's like a, a, a example for a lot of people, but that's happening all the time because mm-hmm. the moment there is an influx of anxiety or stress or overwhelm in the system. And if you just imagine all the micro times that's happening underneath our awareness, um, every one of those things has a pattern that's been developed to protect you from that thing. Some kind of mannerism, a tick, a grabbing of the hair, clawing at your nails, biting mm-hmm. something to try to pacify the system. Like if you ever sit with anybody and they go like this, 
scratch their chest uh, no, or ne- upper neck. At the nape of the neck. Yeah. You're making them uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, you're making them oh, un- they're protecting their jugular. This is, this is the softest part of the body. So it's like the most vulnerable oh, part of the body. You push it here too hard, the person's dead. So it's like, this is a, a natural phenomenon of us like protecting what's vulnerable, right? Or um, if somebody sits down and they kind of go like this with their legs, like yeah. pushing away. If you're listening, I'm just kind of moving energy away from my hips. Like businessmen do this. Yeah. Fix their tie, oh, yeah, put their together. Yep. that they're pacifying themselves. They're moving energy away from their body because inside they're feeling anxiety. Interesting. So it's like, it's all these little things that you want. And this is just like fun tips for everybody um, on like, you know, ways to communicate better. If you're communicating with somebody like before I gave you a compliment and you held your face, that's yeah. a practiced thing. And that's not just you doing it. That's everybody doing it. Um, because what did you learn when you were a kid? Don't shine too bright. Well, yeah, that, like, that could be one of the yeah, beliefs yeah. certainly, but like, like um, hide your emotions mm-hmm. with your face, right? So we have like masks on because we're practiced with our face, right? So it's like, oh, I'm going to tell mom that I don't want candy, but I do want candy. Mama, I'm okay. I don't want candy. You know, and you like know how to hold your face to like make it as believable as possible. So what they, I learned this from like interrogators, uh, like FBI interrogators, like the worst thing you can do is look somebody in the face if you want to know the truth because they're, they're practiced at lying. Uh-huh. But you know what you look at? Their feet. Nobody told them to fucking look at their feet. Their feet are doing all sorts of things down <laughs> yeah. there. So it's like, you know, their feet, like whether it's like you're kicking when you're excited, but the easiest thing is if you're talking to somebody like in communication and their feet aren't pointing at you, mm-hmm. wherever their feet are pointing is where they want to go. So if they're not, if they're both going. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that's actually good. Right. Cause if they're, if their legs oh, are open, they're, they're, they're like open to you and they're centered. But if you see somebody, you're talking to them and their feet are like pointing away from you, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. So, that doesn't mean that you're making them uncomfortable. It means that they have a program that's running right now. And for whatever reason, because of what you said or how you look or how you smell or whatever it is, their system is in anxiety. And what they're trying to do is exit the conversation. So you could do that person a favor and you could be like, okay, it's been, been nice talking to you. Let them go. Or you can try different things, which is like uh, changing your body posture to them. So you can either back away a little bit because maybe just the distance between you and them is making them freak out. And just by backing away, they'll completely relax. Or you can actually turn your body so that their energy and your energy is hitting each other differently. And then you'll see them calm down immediately. Interesting. Yeah, super, super fun to do. So when you go to parties, it's like, and you're talking to a lot of people, you'll know who you want to invest your time with because that's who wants to invest time with you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've catch myself doing that all the time where I'm like with somebody, I'm like, I don't want to be in this conversation right now. And I'm, and I'm showing that to them with my body posture. They don't know this, but then I'll like adjust and I'll feel my system calm down based on certain things. And it, it might not have anything to do with what I'm thinking at all. Yeah. It's just like whatever's happening in the space is making me uncomfortable. And this happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do a lot of like studying NLP or like, I mean, I know you've done, Ish. I, I feel like I could talk to you for like 10 hours just going back. Yeah. Like, I know you've done a lot of different, yeah. you know, studying. Did you? How'd you get to this? Um, well, uh, I, yes, I've done a little bit of NLP. It never sang to me. NLP yeah. always felt like we we're trying to manipulate something out of the system. And yeah. like, it's almost like a, a masculine force. Mm-hmm. And today I feel much more called to uh, balancing masculine and feminine energies. Yeah. So I'm not putting it down because there's a lot of value in NLP. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the question is, where did you learn the like body language? Because to me, <laughs> you're, you know, like sure. you can say anything and, and I'm in the public speaking world. That's what, so like what you say is a very small part of what you're communicating, but then how do you pick up on those like subconscious body cues, which are actually the biggest telltale? Sure. Uh, I mean, so like my, my lay of the land is I spent about, uh, or I don't like saying spent invested 
uh, roughly 12 years in landmark education. Mm-hmm. So I was like very strewn into that culture for a long time. I thought it was like the end all be all. Um, and not because I didn't think there was other options, but because I, I saw the impact of the work and I very scarcely saw that in anything else that I did. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, like you think you know a lot about something. And like now I don't think I know much of anything, but back then I thought I knew quite a bit. Um, and then I, I, in 2017, right at New Year's, I, I had been in a relationship for six months. And uh, my pattern in like, in some circles, it would be called like an aggressive pattern, depending on what psychological models you're using. And the 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 source of like an aggressive pattern is like a really big heartbreak when you're very young. It's mm-hmm. like a, like a very like a like a deep sadness in the system. So when you look at a lot of angry people, what people don't see underneath is sadness. sadness. They think that they're just angry, but the reality is that they're actually protecting heartbreak. So it's like what's what's anger? It's like again, if from an energetic perspective, it's like get away from me, like you're too close. Right? It's like you're going to get too close. You're going to see that this heartbreak or you're going to break my heart. So I, I got into this relationship. She was about your age, a little bit older, which was super uncommon for me. I always dated um, much older women because I, I, I found it hard to like uh, connect with, with people my age because of what I was doing. Um, but kind of like fell head over heels for this girl. And when it was over, it was very sudden uh, because of her patterns of intimacy. And it left me kind of like holding the bag and understanding what was happening. And I went into that heartbreak, that heartbreak that I hadn't wanted to feel since I was a kid. As in you were like, oh, this is hurting and I'm finally going to go face this thing. Yeah, it it was like an out of control pain. Like usually in landmark terms, it's like change the story, you know, change your state, which is like Tony Robbins and all these like really masculine approaches to mindfulness, which again, not putting them down, but that's how I see them now. And so there was something that told me that said, don't do that. It said, don't change the story. They're like, feel this. And I chose when it like happened that I wasn't going to try to escape from this or turn this off, which I knew that I knew how to do. Yeah. Um, but I was like, whatever it takes, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to feel through this, this heartbreak. And I was working with like this really uh, exquisite coach at the time. So long story short, I like a lot of a beautiful experiences started happening because of, because of that. And I and actually met my wife during that period of time. So I yeah. guess my question is like, this is something that I've always, and like, uh, you know, cold plunge is one thing I talked about before is, you know, I have these feelings of like anxiety or sadness or whatever. And then, you know, it's like, you're told to sit and feel that. But how, like, how do you do that? Like, what was your, what was your like, plan to go into that so let, let's have that conversation because i think that's super valuable but just to kind of like you know put a uh finish that loop i i had had these <laughs> man life is really weird i've had a lot of mystical experiences in my life we we had a friend that used to live here that like channels aliens for lack of a better word huh. was some of the most profound things i've ever seen in my entire life first time i saw it i couldn't stop crying i and it, i'm saying a lot of times like i'm crying i don't cry very much so like it's profound if i'm crying yeah. about something and I, I, I watched this this friend of mine do this thing and know things that were impossible for him to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when uh, I worked with him, I ended up having a personal reading with him. And again, he had known things about me that I knew that the guy in front of me didn't know, but that this but chan- was, but this yeah. what what he was channeling knew. Um, and he told me that two men would come into my life that would help me like elevate to uh, states that I had not imagined. So I was kind of like on a lookout for who was coming into my life. And so I thought these two men had come, but 
like maybe they had, maybe they hadn't, but eventually I ended up meeting this, this one guy and, uh, I won't say his name to, to Adam or anything like that, but like, I've been working with him now for three years mm-hmm. and I don't, I wouldn't, I did, I don't like calling anybody enlightened, but he's as close as some, somebody I know that is, he had a near death experience. He popped out and went into like a bliss state for nine months. And when he came back, um, such a radical experience. Now he's highly educated in many facets, but I, when I met him Somebody told my, actually my wife, now my wife, back then she wasn't, told me to go do a session with this guy that she had worked with for a year. And I did. And when the session was over, I, I just couldn't believe what had happened in there. Like he was in my system. I could feel him in my system, like working, working through my, through things and like pulled things out from this heartbreak that immediately like changed my state. And it was not, there was no conversation that was needed. It was mm-hmm. just pure energetics. Um, and uh, it was such a dumbfounding experience for me. It was like when you do ay- ayahuasca the first time, it just like radically alters everything you think you know about how life is lived. So I've been working with him nonstop for three years now. Wow. Uh, I go every week and we sit for, you know, two, three hours a day and we do reflective work, but it's like, it, <laughs> it'll look like a Morpheus and, and Neo in the matrix where they're like just sitting and looking at each other. We don't really have to say anything, but what's happening energetically is like everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like when people think about non-action, it's like there's never non-action, but when you're in the energy space, it's like, you're free to like travel the cosmos in, in that place. So, so that's what got me onto that path. Um, so back to your question about feeling, feeling is a very confusing topic for a lot of people mm-hmm. because when we talk about feelings, I think the distinction we need to create first of all is that what you're calling a feeling is a judgment. Let's start mm-hmm. with that. So like, when, so let's try this. Like if you're, oh, that makes sense. So if you're feeling yeah. anger, where's the anger? It's a sensation in the body that I'm labeling as yeah. anger. Perfect. But it's so not anger. What it's did you just sensation. point to? My head. There you go. When I say sadness, what do you point to? Cool. When I say fear, what do you point to? Oh, maybe in the throat. Okay. Cool. Very good. So that was interesting though, right? Like automatic response to fear, uh, anger, poof, right? So what do we feel when we're angry? It's like all that fog that comes up here. It's like we get hijacked. Mm-hmm. A lot of sensation up here, sadness, heart. And fear, you're right. Like fear can kind of do a lot of things. But, um, you know, when you're like on a roller coaster, stomach, stomach falls chest, out, yeah. right? Like those butterflies before you get on stage, like people have a lot of terminology. Like we have words for this, but nobody's paying attention. Yeah. So it's like what you really have is sensation. You don't have a feeling. You don't even have an emotion. The, the emotion, the feeling is an interpretation of a sensation in the body. It's, it's already the mind looking mm-hmm. and going, oh, that's fear. Yeah. But where did that come from? So like I have a baby right now, right? And when he gets hurt, we tell him, oh, you're hurt. So he's learning this sensation's pain. Like I'm telling him that. Yeah. I don't mean to tell him that, but that's that's unconscious for me to do too, right? Yeah. So it's like we you've had traumatic moments and when you went to mom and dad and you're like, hey, what's going on? Like you're like traumatized and they're like, Oh honey, you must be really sad. And then you're like, Oh, that sensation's sad. Okay, and the brain goes, Oh, that's sad. Okay, and then it goes, Oh, the sad's no good. And you start doing all that stuff, right? So I think men more than women have this issue. And now that's a question a lot of people come to me with. They're like, I, and it's what I love is we have kind of hit this band of time where men are coming to me going, I don't know how to feel. And I'm like, I fucking get it. That is so fucking frustrating because yeah. you feel ice cold inside and you know that there's a depth of the human experience that you're missing out on. Right. I remember I was at Landmark and I got to a point where I was like six or seven years in and I was like changing state so fast from negative to positive, right? What it seemed like to me, somebody was sharing on stage and they said something horrific. And I remember I didn't feel anything. I was just like dead neutral. 
And it scared the shit out of me. I'm like, when did I become a robot? And I remember going up on this, I remember going up there, there was 500 people in the room and I speak fast, but I'm like, I'm like freaking out in front of this leader that it's like this. And she goes, shut up. She goes, you sound like a Tasmanian devil with a name tag on. I'll never forget this. And she, and so 500 people in the room, there's a stage and she goes, come here, get up on stage. And she puts me on the stage. She goes closer, closer. And she, and she gets me to the stage till my toes are basically like coming off the stage like this. And she sits behind me. And she's sitting cross-legged and she goes, don't back up, it's gonna hurt. Like back up to me, because she put her boot, which had a toe on it like this, right behind my ass, so that if I backed up, like I would like feel it like prick me. Yep. Which was kind of a joke for her, but not for me. And then she just told me to like be with these 500 people, like just be with them, like not do anything and be with them. But that was like one of these first moments where I like remember really being scared because my next thought was, when's the last time I remember not my mom saying I love you, me feeling love for my mom. Not that, so that's what came through. Yeah, not, like, not, not that I don't know that I love my mother, because yeah. I do, and I would give my life over to her, but like that when she says I love you, I'm like, ah, oh, the embrace of love. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't remember the last time that, that happened, like decades. Wow. And that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So I, I had had that question many years ago, but here's how I would answer today, or and how I would answer today, and I don't know that it's the answer, it's just where I'm at right now with my wisdom, and that could change tomorrow or a month from now. It's like, stop trying to feel, again, you know? It's like, just notice that you're having sensations in the body, because that's not, that, that, mm, I was gonna say that's not scary at all, that might be scary to some. Yeah, well, it actually ties back to what we were talking about in the beginning of like, we've gotten to this point where like the mind now can like do all these things, but in reality, the language is altering our ability to how, well, I guess it would be altering sensations, right? Because if you're having a sensation and then you judge that sensation as a feeling, that's going to shift the sensation or it will move that energy up into your head, which could create a sensation you would call anxiety. Sure. Well, I I mean, again, like using anger, if the times you've gotten angry, like I I go to that pretty quickly. Like that's a a go-to for me, like, Mm -hmm. right? I know the pattern of that so well. Like I'll, I'll, I'll get a hit in my system. I think that I can manage it. That's usually what happens first. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's not too bad. I'm getting upset, but like it'll dissipate. But now the pattern started. So again, lenses are on, right? Like it changes the, the view of life. And, I'm, and now my system is looking for something. I don't know that it's looking for something, but what it's looking for is something to get angry about. So it starts to find the evidence. So now, poof, another hit. Okay, more. Usually then I get quiet. Like if I was talking, I'll get quiet. Because I think if I say something, I'm going to hurt the other person. Hmm. But eventually, I can't stay quiet anymore. I say the thing, and it's like a, something mean or a put down or you know, something to like, make my ego feel like it's getting a win. They feel like shit. Their system gets triggered. Now their program starts dealing with my program. But eventually, like, everything kind of dies down. I feel shame. I usually go apologize, right? And hope that by apologizing, I could get us back to a neutral state, although sometimes that will take longer than just a single conversation. And I know that that's what happens every fucking time that I get angry, unless I learn how to be with it. And, and so, like, we have built a culture that's, like, manage it. They'll say anger management. And that, to me, is like, ooh, ouch. It's not feeling it. It's let's manage your anger. Let's give you a pill so that when you're feeling angry, it just feels a little bit different or that you don't feel it at all. So for me, it's like, again, like going back to Vipassana, what I immediately saw was we've created a medical community that gives you a pill, but the pill's not helping you connect your mind to your body. It's disconnecting the, opposite, yeah. the mind from the body. So why do, like, every pill has 
so many side effects, right? Because the pills, I have chills about this, like the pills aren't healthy in the first place, but it's disconnecting at least the part of the brain that's aware that there's something wrong in the body. So you're like, oh, I'm fine. But then all this stuff is happening underneath. So it's like, it's not helping you. It's doing the exact opposite. It's bringing more dis-ease into the body. It's giving you a single solution here, but it's destroying everything else uh, that's underlying. And I was like, ouch. So to me, it's like, the body has natural intelligence. Uh, I'm going to say some controversial things here, like vaccine. Go for it, dude. Yeah, like, w- w- like we don't really need vaccines. We don't really actually need a lot of the medicine. I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't have its place, but like an emergency room has its place. A, a medical doctor has its place. It has its place when you get hit by a car and your fucking lungs are sticking out of your chest and you need somebody to put them back in and you need emergency care. But holistic medicine and those things work in my opinion, significantly better for overall and long-term health than going to a doctor who's giving you a pill that's causing a whole bunch of other problems, right? So in the same token here, it's like when, we're, when we disconnect from the machine, the machine is not operating properly and it can't deal with the effects of life properly, which is why then we need intervention like medicine. But I'm a very healthy person. I take no prescription drugs of any kind. I've never had a cavity in my life. I'm 36 years old. Like, and for me, it's like, and I can't tell you that it's always been this way, but I know that when I drop back into my body today, I look younger than I did when I was your age. I just do. Really? I'll show you pictures. I'd look healthier. I weigh 20 pounds less. I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, I'm more flexible today uh, in every way possible. I'm just more here. And that is because I'm more here. (laughs) And when you're more here, the body naturally like the, like the, the universe has a tendency to create neutrality. It's what it likes to do. So it's like the body has this way of getting yourself back to neutral, but it wants your attention and it wants your unconditional love of it. And if you don't give it that, then it operates really wonky. That's my, that's my take on it. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoy that conversation. If you found value from this episode and want to make sure you're notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the show Curious with Jake Heilbrunn on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you're tuning in. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be super appreciated and it allows for others to help find the show. Lastly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and what you found valuable, your takeaways, and what you found interesting. So please let me know on Instagram at Jake Heilbrunn or wherever you feel called to connect. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay curious.